Burn. What a week. My name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Ivy Becknell, Communications Director of Progress Iowa. Welcome to What a Week with hot takes about the week's news and shout outs for people doing good in the world. This week we talk with uh, Iowa Representative Christina Bohannon of Iowa City in our interview, but we will get started with what made headlines this past week. Um, Ivy, do you want to kick us off with the governor's no good, horrible, terrible COVID response? Uh, sure. So Iowa is finally coming out with a new COVID site after recently announcing that they're canceling the contract with Microsoft for a uh, scheduling site. So this site isn't as great, though, because it just points people to providers. It doesn't actually let them make appointments directly. So it doesn't really go as far as it could. So that was disappointing. Yeah. It's basically Google, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, it feels like, oh, we can just Google some things. We're going to put them on this website and give it a vaccinate.iowa.gov domain and call it good. Yeah. Um, so congratulations, I guess, mm-hmm. to getting, you know, purchasing a domain. Um, um, exactly. I saw Claire, I think it was Claire Celsi who tweeted like actual picture of the website and it was just like Google. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So it's not really going to have any function. It's just going to be a repository of like information, which is, you know, I guess better than uh, better than literally nothing, yeah. but it's the bare, bare minimum above that. And it feels like something that should have been done in November, yeah. right? Like, I mean, when, as soon as you knew that there was going to be a vaccination, um, or like an approved one, and probably even before that, cause you knew it was coming at some point, they should have been building some sort of resource mm-hmm. like this. Um, and that should be the beginning. And then layering on like, oh, here's a function where you can make appointments and da da da. You know, when you know what providers are coming into it, like, and expand on that. Yeah. But to have this be the end product is really is just kind of laughable. Um, so, um, but I don't know how much we should expect from a governor. I guess who is to move into our next mm-hmm. headline, who is apparently not aware that Iowa has a low ranking in how we distribute vaccines. Just not aware. I wasn't aware of that. Um, it's, uh, that's terrifying. I don't know. How would you describe that? I mean, it's very appalling considering that she's the one making all of these huge decisions about if we get a site or not, if we have a mass mandate or not, but she doesn't know how bad we're doing in second dose like rankings. Uh, it's just... Uh, you know, like the theme, shocking, not surprising. So, yeah, exactly. Um, well, maybe that since she's aware now, something will improve. We are all very aware for an awkward segue mm-hmm. of how terrible this week and every week this legislative session has been. Um, as our guest in the interview put it, um. Republicans went on a slash and burn of voting rights um, this this past week, and they did it really quickly. Um, the whole thing has taken about a week. We are waiting to see if the governor is going to sign it, but they passed a um, but they passed a bill to uh, um, 
to to limit early voting, to limit mail-in uh, voting by mail, to limit um, uh, just a whole bunch of different uh, pieces of of mostly early voting. And so, uh, what what did you take away from that this week? I mean, obviously it was terrible, but was there anything specific that you, I don't know, any chance you could just. React however you want. I am like stumbling and mortified about this um, and embarrassed for our state and where we're headed. But I mean, what do you think? I think it definitely <laughs> follows the national trend right now of responding to this fake fraud that everyone's talking about, at least on the uh, conservative side. It's just disappointing, especially for people with disabilities, uh, the elderly. They might need these things like having their neighbor return their ballot because they can't drive or something like that. Now they can't do that. It has to be, like, uh, specifically family member or caregiver. So if you don't really have a family member or caregiver uh, close to you, you're out of luck. So, I mean, that was just horrible. And uh, hoping that Reynolds vetoes this, but not going to hold my breath, you know. But by the wishy-washy response she gave yesterday at the press conference, uh, it's not looking great, so... No, I mean, if she was going to veto it, I feel like she'd say she'd say no. I guess mm-hmm. she didn't say yes, you know, but like, but this is her typical like. She always says, "Well, I'm going to look at everything." There's not she, she does not usually give a clear indication, but it's really uh, she needs to be like I I don't know how she hasn't been up to speed on this either. So, um, but yeah, so it's not looking not looking great for voting rights in the state. Um, it is also not looking great for people who need help from the state. Um, I, there's unemployment cuts now eligible for uh, floor debate with with one particularly um, extreme senator, Jason Schultz, saying that we are now out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. Do you feel better about that, knowing that? That's what he says. I mean, I wish that he was telling the truth, but it's clearly not the truth. We had, I think, about 25 deaths reported just today. So clearly we're not out of it. So that was just horrible. I mean, we talked a little bit about this legislation last week that it's so bad because, you know, you can't get your benefits for a week and things like that. But I mean, it's just disheartening to see it's now eligible for uh, debate on the floor. So really hoping that doesn't go through, but we'll see. Yeah, I um, I I hope not, but but that's something that I think they'd much rather cut that than actually pull back any tax breaks from companies or you know, um, yeah. So I I, I, I worry that that's going to move forward, but I but hopefully we can hopefully that will that will stop. Um, similarly, they're also pushing forward on 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 a um, on a bill that adding requirements for. Uh, for food stamps um, and I, I like this is not when when people are hunger going hungry out of work suffering because of the pandemic really there's never any good time to cut to, to like to, to try and cut back on um, on people on assistance people are getting to literally eat and survive um, but but pandemic is worse than even normal times mm-hmm. to be doing that. Um, yeah, I, Ivy, what, I mean, you, you've been following the, mm-hmm. le- you follow the legislature more closely than I do even, but um, what, uh, what's your 
take on on this whether it'll happen and yeah just what the impact will be i mean it's just bad legislation period personally i'm not sure if it'll happen just because but i think it might just because they've been pushing everything through we'll see what happens but i think it's clear that this is not a good bill because i mean common good iowa put out some really good information that i think we shared once and we'll share again but this yeah. bill would just cost Iowa more money because you have more administrative cost. Uh, you have to have a computer system, which we've already seen that we don't do great at in Iowa. So this would just, no. you know, be a lot of money. And then eligible families will be cut off because there's like this added barrier. They have to do an asset test now. So it's just a whole bunch of stuff that's really just horrible and stupid. Just to put it plainly. So, yeah. I mean, there's already criteria that exists, like really thorough criteria to get yeah. these stamps. So just to add this is clearly horrible when there are people starving in Iowa already. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that was my take. During the legislative session, bills move quickly. And by the time you check your email, that advocacy alert may be too late. Now you can get text messages from Progress Iowa for the latest news and action alerts. Just text JOIN to 515-417-3320. We'll send petitions, phone numbers for key members of the legislature, and more to keep you informed. That's J-O-I-N to 515-417-3320 for text message updates from Progress Iowa. We're going to shift now a little bit to talk about some good news coming down. Um, and uh yeah do you want to talk about the national uh the federal legislation um that that passed this week yeah the equality act passed which is so amazing it uh prohibits discrimination for lgbt community so that's really good based on uh sexual orientation identity so very happy about that um cindy axney uh co-sponsored this which is great news horrible that uh, Hinson, Beanstra, Marionette, Miller Meeks opposed this. Well, I mean, that was just disheartening, but glad to see it go through the House at least. Agreed. And I think there's a, I, I don't know, but I would imagine there's a good shot of it passing in the Senate um, just because we have control and we can hopefully force them to, at least we're going to force them to, to vote, to vote it down um, on a, on a, on a cloture motion if they filibuster and as every little, bill comes up that uh not little but every bill that every single bill that comes up that if it if it does get filibustered that hopefully will chip away and uh convince some of these folks that the filibuster needs to needs to get out of here so that we can do some things exactly. um but it's great it's it's great to have that passing and moving forward mm -hmm. um uh another bill that is coming up today and we will certainly talk about it more um, in the weeks to come because it will, because it's, the Senate is going to actually pass or have a chance to pass because of budget reconciliation is the American rescue plan. That's the, uh, the, the latest round of COVID relief that, um, will be just a huge benefit to so many people, um, including many, many people here in Iowa. So, um, that's going to be voted on today. Um, uh, we're recording on Friday, February 26th. So, um, we will see how that, comes down um uh, as as far as how iowa's delegation votes but 
I, I mean, I don't know about you, Ivy, but like getting those relief checks out, getting people the support they need. I mean, that's that's what we need to be doing. Um, we needed to be doing more of it last year, and and I'm glad that they're that's one of the first things they're taking up. Exactly. I mean, we need this relief now, especially if the state of Iowa isn't going to do anything during session. We're really going to need this assistance. So hopefully that goes through without any craziness, but I think it should be fine. So we'll see. Next up, we have our hot takes where we give our opinions on the hot topics of the week. First off, have to mention the new Spider-Man is coming out later this year. Have you seen all the stuff about it? I have not. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, far from home. It's their third one. There was some stuff okay. about inst- on Instagram about it this week that they just released the title. It should be coming out around Christmas. Just thought that we should let everyone know and okay. let them know that Progress Iowa fully supports it. <laughs> I mean, I, I support Spider-Man. But... <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sure. With whatever that means. Yeah. Um, it's called Far From Home. What are the other two? Uh, the first one was Homecoming. And then uh, what was the other one? Was there one called Spider-Verse or something into the Spider-Verse? Or is that not part of that? That, that was a different one. That was the animated one. Oh, okay. There's like... There's been like 16 Spider-Mans in the last 20 years. So like, I don't know. Yeah. I remember when Tobe, is it Tobey Maguire was, mm-hmm. was, was a Spider-Man at one point. So I don't, I mean, I'm sure I'll see it at some point, I guess, but there's, there's so many, there's so many. And I have to things. make a correction. Okay. No way home is the new one. Far from home was the second one. They all, they just sound so similar, but yeah. Okay. Go. No way home. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a depressing ending. Like they should start with, <laughs> yeah. Homecoming should be like the last one. That'd like be where, nice, you know. But who knows? Yeah, so. I think it's because they're um, in an I alternate. Don't, I've not seen now. any of them, so I'm not in any. Oh. I'm not in any place to 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 like to you know give mm-hmm. appropriate feedback. So I assume they're on Disney or something, Disney Plus. So I should watch. I should check those you out. Should. Um, Next up, we talk uh, about, <laughs> talk a bit about the fact that Frasier is getting rebooted. Have you heard about this? Did you ever watch Frasier? I've seen it. I've seen. I've not seen like you know all of them, but I've I've seen enough to know about the show. So yeah, just wanted to mention. I'm gr- yeah, don't support it. Great. <laughs> I, sure, you don't. No, Frasier is so boring. Sorry if everyone. I mean, loves it, it is, but yeah. like. I don't really care. Like, I mean, I like, I just don't. I don't have that big of that strong of feelings about it. I guess these are the but, things that we need know. to really care about. That you know. <laughs> just yeah, kidding. I mean, um, uh, wasn't there a dog in it? I think so. I've only Did seen the like dad an have a dog, or am I like okay? Yeah. Well, if there's a pet in it, then I then I'm like generally okay, even more supportive mm-hmm. of it. But I don't really have strong feelings about the Frasier reboot. Gotcha. But I do. You in the notes, you have like reboots in general um i'm great with it yeah i'm like i think sure that's fine it's like a easy like you know nostalgic way to to be entertained and i'm i'm fine with that Mm -hmm. so very excited for all the reboots coming soon as well there's a lot Mm -hmm. coming uh next up we have predictions will grassley retire he just announced this week that he'll decide in the fall so yes or no do you think it'll happen no he's staying until i mean (laughs) It will be the year like twenty eighty five, and 
will be in a post-apocalyptic, you know, hellscape and, and the reanimated, uh, you know, um, like half robotic version yeah. of Chuck Grassley will be running for Senate. So we're, I mean, he's, he's ours, uh, for, for, and that, and, and maybe we will have defeated him many, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, but he's just going to keep running. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's never, he's, he's never giving it up. I'm going to take a different route and just predict that he will retire just for fun. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I, I just like, what else is he going to do? I mean, he's spend time with family. That's what they all say. I mean, when they retire. I guess like I, he, he'll, he'll miss sending out those tweets that don't make any damn sense. Mm. That's, that have like mm-hmm. a pound sign in the middle of the word or whatever they whatever those are. So, yeah, I'll definitely miss those. I will not <laughs> miss those whenever the, the day comes. In our interview today, um, I sat down with uh, virtually with State Representative Christina Bohannon, uh, who's serving in her first term. Uh, Representative Bohannon is a uh, um, is an attorney uh, from Iowa City, and we had a great discussion about the voting rights bill that, or the voting voter suppression bill that passed this week, along with um, her take as a first-time legislator on this legislative session. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Representative Christina Bohannon. We're we're very uh, we're just thrilled to have you on. So thanks thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. Um, so I want to I want to ask some more general questions too, but I want to just jump into the the news story of the week. In our opinion, um, uh, the the voter suppression law that passed uh, this week. Um, we're still we're recording this Friday morning, so we're still waiting to see if the governor is going to sign this legislation. But it is through the House and the Senate. Um, what was it like to be part of this discussion or debate? Um, um, on on the floor as, as this law was, was getting debated and passed? Well, frankly, it was very disheartening. I mean, um, I think that this bill is just a flash and burn of the freedom to vote in Iowa. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's really disheartening to see uh, the Republicans pushing this bill uh, I think that, you know, I, I, I opened up my comments by saying that just a couple of weeks ago, we passed the Pledge of Allegiance bill, and there was, you know, all this, this talk of, of patriotism and democracy and so on. And those patriotism and democracy were nowhere evident in this election bill. I mean, if you really care about democracy, if you're a real patriot, then you don't make it more difficult for people to vote. That's just full stop. Uh, so, you know, it, it was it was really disheartening to uh, to see uh, just such aggressive cutting of uh, the time to vote, the opportunities and ways and options to vote. Um, there's 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 no justification for this. Yeah, I, I, the the argument that they keep making and that that some were making uh, more on the Senate side too, but like it was, we're just that there's all this question. Some people, some Republicans go as far as saying there was voter fraud you know, or that it was stolen or whatever. Um, although that would mean that they're, <laughs> I don't know how that jives up with the fact that they won and they're like, yeah, um, it's pretty <laughs> ironic, isn't it? Right. <laughs> I mean, um, people, 
we, we were elected because people were engaging in voter fraud. That's not right. a good argument for them. No, not at all. Um, but and then some make this vague, like, oh, people have concerns or questions about the election. So I, I think I've heard the governor even say that. Uh, but were there any new? I, I was not able to watch every minute of the uh, floor discussion. It was there were many minutes. It was very long. Right. I don't blame um, you. <laughs> um, but there, I, I don't think I missed this. But were there any new allegations or new verified like claims of widespread voter, you know, uh, voter fraud that were brought Absolutely up? Absolutely not. Yeah, I absolutely didn't think so. not. So, so let me so let me just say two things about that. Okay, because <laughs> this is really interesting. Okay, first of all. To the extent that there are any concerns out there about voter fraud, and there are, clearly we're hearing across the country, people are saying that, right? Uh, but to the extent that we are uh, hearing that, um, whose fault is that? You know, basically that's happening because Republican leadership has not stood up to the extreme members of their party who are making this completely unfounded claim. How many courts have to tell us that there was no voter fraud before people will believe it and before the Republican leadership will stand up to the extremists in their party and say, that didn't happen, that is a lie. Uh, and, and so, you know, if, if there is that problem out there, then it, it's their fault. It's, it's, it's their, it's the, President Trump's fault, ex-former President Trump, thank goodness we can say that, uh, former President Trump's fault for uh, encouraging and, and, and spreading this lie. And it's the Republican leadership's fault for not standing up to it and saying that didn't happen. That's just not true. And so uh, that, you know, that's basically what happened. You know, the way I think of this, frankly, is that uh, with this election bill, uh, they are now having to uh, pass these laws all over the country to please their base of people who are saying that this uh, election was stolen. This is a response to feed uh, that base. And the way I think about it is that the Republican Party has created a monster, and now they are feeding the beast. That, that's, that's what this is. And I mean, so, uh, you know, but, but, but the other interesting thing that I will say about the House side of things that's different from the Senate side of things. So in the, in the Iowa Senate, Senator Carlin basically came right out and said that his caucus believes that the election was stolen and then went into all of these uh, really strange, uh, I think what he thought of as circumstantial evidence. He, he said that it was clear that the election was stolen because there's no way Biden got more votes than Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a silly, it's a silly argument, you know, um, and it has nothing to do with the facts of this election. Uh, there were many reasons why Biden got more more uh, votes than Obama, uh, including that voter turnout on the whole was just higher. And frankly, Obama wasn't running against Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. So, you know, well, there, and, there, and, there, and unprecedented yeah, mail in ballots, too. I yes, mean, like, that's, it, I was just going to say yeah. that, you know, in Iowa, in Iowa, we sent out an absentee ballot to every every voter, you know. So um, so there were many reasons why the turnout was what it was. And that does absolutely nothing to support the idea that there was fraud. Um, you know, but the other thing I'll say is that Representative Kaufman on the floor came right out and said he did not believe that there was widespread voter fraud and he did not believe that the election was stolen. 
so that's, that's really interesting, right? I mean, on the one hand, I'm really glad to hear him say that because there aren't very many people in the party saying that. They all should be saying that. Um, but at the same time, then why do we have this bill? <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, if there was no fraud, then there literally is no justification for this bill. Um, and the last thing I'll just say about, about that particular question is, is that even if there were, let's, let's take the craziest, the craziest theory here that there was voter fraud. This bill does not do one single thing to get rid of voter fraud or to increase the integrity of our elections. Nothing. I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting when you go through and you look at the changes that the bill makes, it cuts every time frame for voting that can be cut. It, just, it slashes and burns just all of these different things. It, it, it decreases the, the days that you have to request a ballot. It decreases the days that you can do early voting or mail-in ballot. It decreases the time that workers can take off of work to go to vote. Um, you know, it, it just, it cuts all of these different um, time frames for, uh, for, for voting. Um, and, and none of that has anything to do with voter integrity. You know, it, it yeah. just, it just reduces the amount of time people have to vote. That doesn't change anything. I mean, you know, it, it, it actually, it, it says that the mail-in ballots have to be in by election day or they won't be counted. We used to have a grace period, you know, if, if a right. voter, if a, if a ballot was postmarked before election day, but arrived afterward, it would count, right? Because the people can control when they put something in the mail. They can't always control how long it takes to get there and whether it gets there on time. So we had a grace period. Well, this cuts that grace period. So we, we now have actually fewer, seven fewer days to vote than, than we used to, um, in addition to the cutting you know, of the actual early voting period. Um, and that does nothing to, to increase integrity because you still have the same people filling out the ballots, the same mail system transporting the ballots, the same people opening the ballot and counting the ballot here. It's just that now you're saying they have less time to get it here than they did before. So there's absolutely nothing that helps with voter integrity uh, here. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a crazy argument, and it's one that basically they're it's just a um, it's a line that they're using to feed their base. They just want to tell their base that they're doing something about this. Right. It's, I was gonna say, it's almost, it's almost as if voter integrity has nothing to do with it. Um, no, uh, yeah, I, I don't uh, think it's not like they're, they're suggesting different system for voting or, right. you know, more oversight or, you know, I mean, it's just, that's not, um, that's not the main thrust of this bill. I mean, most of this bill is just taking every number that appears in the bill and making it less. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that's essentially yeah. what, what, what this does. Um, well, I I do want to move uh, uh, just ask you too. I don't. I know this has been a uh, kind of a somewhat out of. Although if you look at national trends, there's a lot of these proposals, but this does seem to come out of nowhere. Um, but I was. This is your first session, so I wanted to ask what uh, um, what has been something that's been really like surprising to you um, uh, as you join the legislature. Right. So I would say, um, first of all, the process. Uh, 
everything is rushed through so quickly. Now, I've, I've heard from my colleagues who have been around a long time that this is even faster than it usually is. And there are probably some reasons for that. I think there was some concern that COVID might shut us down again. And so they were trying to get all of these bills in before, you know, that happened. But the, the, the way that they're rushed through the lack of process, I think, is really troubling from a democratic governance point of view. Um, for example, there will be subcommittees on bills or even committee meetings on bills. And everybody agrees that the bill needs serious work. And yet all of the Republicans will just sign on to it without a word. They just sign on to it. It doesn't matter what the bill looks like. It doesn't matter the current shape or form. They'll I'm just sign on forward. to it just to keep it, keep it moving, keep it moving, you know, and, and, and no matter what, there have been bills introduced that have serious constitutional issues. You know, this election bill, I think, has uh, one or two possible constitutionality issues. And, uh, and, and, and they just push it through, you know, our subcommittee meetings where we're, the whole point of subcommittee meetings is to hear uh, public input and people are not allowed to input remotely, even though they could via the, the technology that we're using. Uh, we could allow people to, uh, you know, to the general public to input mm -hmm. on these bills remotely, we're not allowing that. And so we're forcing people to come to the Capitol if they want to have any say in these bills. And as we all know, uh, there is no uh, mandate to wear masks. Um, other kinds of social distancing uh, guidelines from the CDC are being uh, completely ignored. Um, and so uh, just in terms of process, I would say, and then, and then and, you, and just the drafting. I mean, a lot of times these bills need more work. You know, these, some of these bills are very complicated and they just need more work, more vetting, uh, more conversation, and they are just being rushed through. And this yeah. election bill is, is a prime example of that because we didn't even get the bill until, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, right before the subcommittee, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a day or day and a half before the subcommittee meeting. Then we had the subcommittee meeting late on, on uh, I think it was um, when, uh, Wednesday afternoon or, or maybe it was Tuesday afternoon. And then, and then the committee meeting was the very next morning and then floor debate was the next day, you know, so this is just being really rushed through. And I think when you're talking about uh, really impacting voter freedom, that is, that's a serious problem. Uh, so, you know, I think process is pretty disappointing uh, and uh, not, not well thought out and certainly not uh, geared toward trying to increase public input or uh, uh, quality of the bills that we are, you know, that we're passing. And I think the result is going to be a lot of unintended consequences. I think a lot of things are going to come out in these in these bills later on that just weren't thought about because they weren't vetted properly. Um, there are going to be a lot of, of uh, ambiguities and things in the bills that are going to have to be litigated. It's just a very bad uh, process from a governance uh, point of view. So that, you know, that's been really disappointing. Um, and also just the extremeness of, of the legislation that we're seeing. I mean, look, we all, we always have differences in terms of, you know, Democrat versus Republican. I mean, right. It, that's, that goes back, you know, I, I actually believe in that process. I believe in debate. You know, I'm a law professor by training. So I, you know, I always see that there are two sides to an issue. We need to have that debate. That's good for our democracy to have that, that debate back and forth. And so I, you know, I, I'm very comfortable with that. I think that, um, that that just makes us better. And I think in, in theory, it should make laws better. But we are not now at a point where we are uh, 
just kind of doing ordinary Democrat Republican type debating. I mean, right. what the what the Republicans are proposing and passing this session are really extreme bills. I mean, they are outlier type bills. Um, there's no compromise. There's no uh, negotiation. Uh, they aren't uh, listening to any of, of, of our concerns. Uh, they're not moderating in response to public input. I mean, even if they don't listen to us, you would think that they would listen to the mountains, the hundreds and thousands of emails that they are receiving on, you know, the abortion issue, the gun issue, the election bill, you know, um, I mean, the, in, in the election bill, the uh, public comments that were posted, you know, in terms of the, the number of people opposed uh, relative to the number of people for was something like 40 or 50 to one. Um, they are not moderating anything based on that public input. The, the bills that we are getting are very, very extreme. You know, they are completely eliminating the constitutional right to abortion under any circumstances. You know, um, there's no exception for life or health of the mother. There's no exception for rape or incest. Nothing. Uh, this election bill, same thing. You know, it's, it's a very, I mean, it's just a, a cut across the board to all of the time frames, all of the opportunities, all of the flexibility in voting. And so it's, um, you know, we're just seeing a very extreme agenda here. This is not uh, what, what I think of as kind of ordinary um, Republican versus Democrat type type uh, issues. So, well, uh, you know, yeah. so th those are the two things I think that those are the two things to me that I that I have found somewhat surprising and and um, and very troubling. Well, we are very glad to have you there. And um, I, uh, before we go, I want to ask one if there was just a quickly if there was one thing um, that you could have if, if if the if it was a dream scenario, you had total control. What's the first piece of legislation that you would uh, that you would want to see passed? Well, the first thing I would do is undo uh, this election bill and make sure that every everyone has uh, the freedom to vote, that we are protecting the right to vote, that we're giving people flexibility, that we are just maximizing voter turnout. And, uh, you know, because that is the right on which all other rights follow. Uh, that, that is the thing that we have to protect. And I'll tell you that it really concerns me because, you know, we are a very divided country right now politically. And the one thing that we have to be able to rely on is to resolve our differences at the ballot box. If we can't do that, if we don't have confidence in those elections uh, to resolve our differences, I, I fear for our country and our state. I really do. Um, and so that is the thing that we have to get back to dealing in facts and we have to make sure that people can vote and that we have uh, that we're telling the truth about our elections and that we have good election law. So that is the first thing that I would do is make sure that we have that and that we're, and also that we're telling the truth about it. Well, I would love to see that happen. And um, hopefully over, over the course of time, we can correct, uh, correct this bill and a lot of it. Um, so uh, Representative Bohannon, thank you so much for joining us today on What a Week. Uh, we're thrilled that, that you were here and, and, and excited to, uh, uh, to see your continued leadership in the legislature. Thank you so much, Matt. This is a real pleasure, and um, and I agree with you. I, I'm I'm going to remain optimistic that we can turn things around, and um, and so thanks for all that you're doing with this podcast. It's a great podcast. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Next, we have our shout-outs, where we lift up great work happening all over the state, 
Please send recommendations to at Progress Iowa or at Pollock FM if you have them. I really just want to shout out all the Iowans who advocated against voter suppression this week. I think there were over a thousand uh, public comments submitted, which is a good number for that. So that was really great. It was wonderful to see that. I mean, and that was a big part of the pushback in what when what legislators were saying on the floor um, when Democrats were pushing back on this. They talked a lot about the um, public response against it, um, even like quoting from the comments. So, I mean, I know that the the law passed that we didn't want to see passed, um, and Republicans got the legislation through to suppress voter turnout. But it was in it was despite the fact that there was such a broad um, uh, expression of, of of disapproval, and so I think that is a big. Everyone who who called, who emailed, um, should uh, should feel good about expressing themselves in that way and informing themselves about this issue. Um, and this is not the last that you all will hear hear about it, and we'll make sure that it continues to get brought up. But. Um, But yeah, a big, big shout out. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are mixed and edited by Greg Howenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week. What a Week.